like to wait to see how things turn out. If you apply some pressure, I like to wait and see how things turn out. Welcome to Britpop Banter, my name's Kevin. I'm Leslie. This is season two, almost the end of season two. Uh, this is the bands and albums that came after Britpop. You can email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com or on Facebook at Twitter at Facebook uh, at BritpopBanter. To be honest, we're not on social that much, are we? No. I've took it off I've actually took it off my um phone. Facebook, Twitter, deleted it off my phone to try and cut down on the amount of time I'm looking at uh Facebook and oh. uh, but what I've done is I've flipped it and I've gone head over heels into Instagram instead, which I left on my phone. <laughs> I'm the same. I actually deleted Facebook, I still have Instagram. And Twitter. Hmm. So don't be yeah, don't be worried if we're not replying to you very soon. We're uh, trying to cut back a bit. Yeah, because it's just quite grim. It's a bit much and I find it really repetitive as well. Oh, it's stuff. just the same crap. Um, and it's like friends you may know I'm not, I've got all the friends I'm ever going to have right now like, there's a just... reason that they're in the friends that you may know <laughs> box and not an actual friend <laughs> uh, all views expressed on this podcast are 100% on what we poke fun at some bands and artists we appreciate the talent and sacrifice to create these albums last week Idlewild good numbers on Idlewild yeah. good feedback on that too how do you yeah. feel about it that was more like, how do you feel about it? I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Not going back and listening to it. That's a that's a, that's that's a tell. I was pleasantly surprised at how people would like that album and were pleased that we spoke about Idol World. Good band to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pleased. I think your rating was a bit ridiculous, but yeah. it was low. Okay. Cool. Uh, this <laughs> week's album, Manson Little Kicks, which, you know... Interesting album to pick, really, and I'm curious to know what you think about it. Mm. But uh, let's let's sort of get into it. A couple of things I want to talk about. I had uh, a staycation in uh, the city last week. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so first time I've been in the city for about well, it would have been actually about six months, and uh, it's very different. I know. When was the last time you were in the actual city, like Harbour? About. Four weeks ago, I was at this course. Oh, yeah. It's deserted. I went to Barangaroo for dinner. It's so There was only weird. one restaurant open the whole Barangaroo. It's Barangaroo. so weird. Like Sydney, walking around Sydney Harbour next to the Opera House, you're like, where is everyone? Because it's usually rammed. All the restaurants are closed. The bars, if they're open, they have a massive queue outside with bugger all people on the inside. It's just, an, it's annoying and weird. It was nice, something different, but very yeah. weird. Like, I mean, we went to the Shangri-La... Massive queue to get in because everyone's distancing and and then everyone is getting full on body scan, like your thermal body scan, right? Yep, you go through, you go through, and just it's just weird. Like no mini bar, no irons in the room. They've removed all irons, all ironing boards, and that's why. I don't know. Would you catch COVID from an iron? So uh, no tea, so no kettle anymore, no tea bags, no shoe, nothing. So it's just. Can they just wipe the kettle down? I mean, that's basically my entire hotel stay. Is Absolutely. I get in, I iron. Iron your shirt. I get a cup, a cup of tea on the go. Maybe a beer if I get home late at night. That's it. It's all gone. It's all over. It's a bit much, isn't it? It is a bit much. And then in the morning, but one of the most beautiful things was uh, me and Mrs. D woke up early. We took a walk around uh, the rocks, Sydney Harbour, uh, and the Botanical Gardens, and there was 
hardly anyone around and it was a beautiful sunny day. It was it was actually really gorgeous. So that was lovely. It was nice. Do you think this shows us how many tourists are actually in Sydney? Because we've obviously True. borders are closed. True. There's no tourists because they've all gone. So does that show you that that's... Is it that too? Not just people don't want to go out, but do you think there's also... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because like where would all the tourists be? Circular Quay. Yeah, heaps. Heaps. Where's the blokes playing the didgeridoos on Circular oh, Quay? No, they that's... weren't around either. That's when you know it's all going to shit. You know if, it's you can't, gonna shit. if you can't walk more than 10 metres and hit a didgeridoo player, it's that's game sad. over, Sydney. That's sad. <laughs> uh, one other thing. So, we talked about Idlewild and we talked about Scottish albums. And I sort of went, what do you think are, you know, what's the best Scottish album? And you were like, oh, uh, uh, I actually have it. So, uh, this is from The Scotsman. In 2003, top 100 albums, top 100 Scottish albums. Okay. Now, 100's a lot, right? And it's 17 years old. Yes. Okay. So bear that, but, you know, let's be honest. But what what do you think you're going to see in that top 50? Um, Annie Lennox. Uh, you would be... Yeah, I think she's in there. You're going to see Texas. Yep. You're going to see Travis. Mm. Yes. You're going to see Ultravox. Ooh. Let me tell you. Let's let's quickly go through this. Alter Dimages, Happy Birthday. Oh. Ida Wild, The Remote Part, number 49. Delamitri, Change Everything. Oh, yes. Texas, Southside. Waterboys, uh, Pagan Place. The Associates, uh, Fourth Draw Down. Simple Minds, Empire and Dance. Simple Minds, of course. Uh, Lonnie Donegan with Skiffle. Oh, no. What great name? The Bathers with Kelvin Grove Baby, Jerry Rafferty, City to City, oh, yeah. Primal Scream, Exterminator. Oh, yeah, Primal Scream, of course. John Martin, Grace and Danger, and that classic Scottish band, Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how we were like, well, we're kind of cheating here, we're going to slip Charlie Manson in there. Because who are the other people? Uh, they're all American. But they're not. They're not in the band though. She's just, she's just. I forgot the guy's name. He produced the yeah. uh, Nirvana album. Right, okay. Let's keep going. Uh, the Pastels, up for a bit with the Pastels. Michael Mara, posted sober. The Shaman, intact. The Shaman? The Shaman. Are they Scottish? I had no idea. Uh, but if maybe we've, maybe oh. their backing vocalist was Scottish. Maybe it's, like, <laughs> maybe it's like our football team, their great granny was once. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because who have we got? We stole an Aussie, didn't we? Yeah, Lyndon, Lyndon. Dykes. <laughs> Scored as well. He did. He made the right choice. Uh, did he? Yes. Okay. Who would you rather be playing against? Like the Czech Republic or like Iraq? Um, who's more likely to get to the World Cup? Scotland. Really? I don't know. That's just It's just um, hope. There. <laughs> Blind hope. Uh, Roddy Frame, Surf, Danny Wilson, Be Mop Top, The Better Band, the oh, three yes. EPs, uh, Donovan, Sunshine Superman, oh, Love and God. Money, Digs in the Traffic, Dogs in the Traffic, Wet, 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 oh, Hot no. Tin Sold Out, Get Out, The Jesus and Mary Chain, Dark Lands, yes. Eurythmics, Touch, yep. The Rosillos, Can't Stand the Rosillos, The Water Boys, Fisherman's Blues, <gasps> The Proclaimers, Sunshine, Sunshine on Leaf. Oh, yeah, a great album. Orange I've got Juice. that vinyl. Do you? I can put it on later if you want, when we get back from dinner. 
Unless we're going to scratch the shit out of it. <laughs> uh, orange juice, the orange juice, the blue nail hats, teenage fan club Grand Prix. Of course, yes. Yes. Simple Minds, New Gold Dream. Travis, the man, how, man who, at number 19. Thoughts? Mm. I always struggle with Travis. <laughs> he did that look into the distance again. Unbelievable. Um, uh, the, oh, I'm going to say this wrong. The Couto clo- Twins? Cocteau. Cocteau. I didn't want to say it, but... So- co- the Cocteau Twins, Liz Fraser is the singer in the Cocteau Twins and she's the singer of Teardrop by Massive Attack. Is Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, Heaven or Las Vegas was the album. Deacon Blue, Rain Town. Of course. Yeah, the Deacon. sensational Alex Harvey Band, next. Bell and Sebastian with Tiger Milk. Mm-hmm. Texas White on Blonde at 14. Oh no, it should be higher. Number one. The Associates with Sulk. Aztec Camera, High mm. Land, Hard Rain. Lloyd Cole and the Commotions with Rattlesnakes, the incredible string band with the 5,000 spirits, the Waterboys, This Is The Sea, Bert Jance with Bert Jance, the Jesus and Mary Chain again with Psycho Candy, John Martin, Solid Air, and Oh, the- what an album. Is he Scottish? <clears throat> According to the Scotsman, he is. That is a belter of an album. Okay. Why didn't I know he was Scottish? Top five. Teenage Fan Club, Bandwagon-esque. The Blue Nile, A Walk Across the Rooftops, Average White Band, AWB. No. Number two, The Proclaimers, This Is The Story. And number one is... Go on, have know. a ping. I really don't know. Primal Scream, Screamadella. <laughs> yeah. John Martin, I did not know that. It's uh, a great album. Quite folky, I'm not sure you The think. only one that surprised me as well is number uh, 66, the KLF with the White Room. Oh, I oh. didn't know the KLF was Scottish either. John Martin, British singer. Mogwire in there at number 81. The Bay City Rollers only made number 91. Well, that's fair. <laughs> um, so me and you... They're g- stretching. How the hell... I mean, it says here that he was born in Surrey... Right. And then died in Ireland. Maybe he stuck his toe in Scotland at one point. <laughs> it's a real stretch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why are we catching up today? What's going on tonight? Stunned United Rangers. My team versus your team for the first time in how many years? So a decade or something. <laughs> four. I would say about four. I think yeah, it's you're, four you're seasons. Bang on. Yeah, four seasons. I've got my t-shirt on. You've got mine. I've got I've mine got socks ready on. to go. You've got socks Dundee on United too. Socks on. Look, they say Dundee United on them as well. Like, Actually, quite Dundee. nice socks. Yeah, I know. Orange and black. Tangerine. <laughs> Fucking heathen. <laughs> How are you feeling? You feeling confident? I'm so confident that I picked my Scottish fantasy football team today and took every single Dundee United player out. <laughs> That's my level of confidence. It's not so, good, it's not no, good. No, and I now have four Rangers players in there. So what does that tell you? Four? I thought you were only allowed three in your team. Oh, is it three? Must what, be three. You've maxed max. it out. You've maxed it out. Okay. It's at midnight. Good luck getting me to I've midnight. even put the Rangers goalie in. That's how confident I am. <laughs> <laughs> Clean sheet. <laughs> this will be good. This will be good. So we've got a nice dinner, a few drinks, get to the football. Yeah, midnight. It's a big day for you. <laughs> Did you have a nap this afternoon? No, I've been up since half five as well. Oh, God. I know. I'm going to have to make you coffees, I'm going to... You are. 
Anyway. Uh, anything else before Song of the Week? Anything else before Song of the Week? Um, no. Great. <laughs> Stuart, Stuart Willis with Sometimes. Uh, so Stu was born in Devon in 1975. That means he's Scottish, surely. 100%. <laughs> He lived in a village in the Teen Valley on the edge of Dartmoor National Park. Stuart later moved to a town in mid-Devon where he spent his teenage years. He currently lives with his family in Devon city of Exeter. Stuart was songwriter, lead guitarist and sometime lead singer uh, of the Exeter band Sand. Sand's first gig was in support of Liverpool's Cecil and they Mm. also supported Muse at Exeter's Cavern Club. Jeez, wow. Later, Stuart was lead guitarist in the band Savalis before going solo. Stuart has a wide range of influences like The Laz, Oasis and The Verve and singer-songwriters such as Nick Drake, Judy Sill, John Martin and many others. Wow, this is recurring. It's such a great... I want to play it later. I can't even... Never registered this. Okay. All right, let's do that. But uh, what do you think of this? Oh, this is great. It's gorgeous This is up my street, this It is. It's very acoustic. Noel Gallagher-esque. It's very nice. So Stuart Willis with Sometimes... Sometimes 
door Step inside and find yourself Liz says. This is the end of our Mercury Prize journey. Why are my words? <laughs> <laughs> where is, where are Whoa. they? What's going on? Um, so... The winner gets announced on the 24th, so two weeks. Okay, cool. So we'll announce our winner today. Um, I mean, people must So I be. think we'll announce our winner, maybe we'll announce our top three, but also let's put some who we think might actually win it. I still think the sleeper is Moses, but that's just me. Okay. Anyway, right, so talk to me about who do we have? So today we have Lanterns on the Lake yes. and Georgia. Which one do you want to start with? Lanterns on the Lake. <laughs> so, the, with the album Spook the Herd. They are an English five-piece um, indie band. They're from Newcastle. Yeah, but they, they bought a guitar from Scotland, so... They're also Scottish. Yes. Um, the, the band is composed of Hazel Wild on vocals, Paul Gregory, Oliver Kittering and Bob Allen and Angela Chan. Mm. This is their fourth studio album. Is it? It really is. Wow, okay. I'm, I'm keen to talk about this album because we've genuinely not no. had any conversations about mm, this week mm, at no, all. No. Um, yeah. And did you get my earlier text about my... Yes. Okay, yeah. So... Let me just stop you there. Okay. I think, I think you love this album. Carry on. Okay. So, it was hard to find reviews. Really? Yep. Oh. So I got two blogs. So one, thank Folk for that. Oh, that's good. It's clever. That's good. Like it's it. They gave it three out of five. Um, direct and dreamlike is how I would describe the new record by Lanterns on the Lake. Spook the Hair does just that with striking content and lyrics boldly outlining the state of our current politics and the environmental crisis. You know I love a song about politics. Oh, you love it. Hazel Wilde's breathy vocals add a haunting element to the record, directly reflecting some of the themes pervade. I couldn't help being reminded of the band Daughter upon the first listen. See? Mm-hmm. The way the vocals and drums interact, both very much in the forefront, leading the way. The sparsity of the arrangements makes small percussion parts and harmony stand out. For example, the lo-fi vocal and what sounds like string harmony in the background throughout are integral to the overall sound. These wouldn't be as noticeable if the arrangement was too busy. After listening through the album, I felt slightly sonically traumatised. In a good way. The lack of mid-range instrumentation made me feel slightly uncomfortable, as I felt something was lacking. 
However, perhaps the point of the album having no stable centre was to reflect the existential issues we are now facing. If so, it has job, it's done its jobs perfectly. This album is definitely making ways already for its content and the tulips in springtime. And like tulips in springtime, it's definitely a grower. Another blog, The Line of Best Fit, 9 out of 10. Oh yeah, 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Wow, that's incredible. The four and a half year studio layoff between Beings and this fourth album, Spook the Herd, is explainable by a number of factors. Some of them had mundane date jobs, some of them creative, um, and some of them celebratory. Uh, Wild and guitarist Paul Gregory welcomed their first child last year. More broadly, the Western world has borne witness to a rolling darkening of the political climate. Brexit, the rise of the far right across Europe, Trump and Johnson... Plenty of bands have already responded to those issues, many of them for the first time in their careers. The questions Lanterns on the Lake have to answer is how you react to disasters that your past work predicted. Oofed. Oofed. There's a couple of thematic um, lines, social media and climate change. Baddies wrestles with the paradox presented by the polarisation of society that to speak out against it is in a way to help preserve it by drawing your own battle lines, picking your own side. Even in the quietest moments, it felt as there were always something ringing out from Angela Chan's violin to Wilde's effect-laden vocals. There were no gaps left unfilled, as if there were anxiousness of the band's part about giving the sound too much room to breathe. This dissipated in this album, and they sound so much freer as a result. If there's a through line, it's through the drumming, which has always had a cascading jazzy feel to it, but this time he anchors the group in a way he hasn't previously. The overarching effect is one of calm during the storm, as mm-hmm. if the realisation of some of the band's worst fears has cleared their heads, sharpened their senses, and compelled them to look for the light breaking through the clouds, however dim. The results are musically elegant, emotionally eloquent, and absolutely vital. Please discuss. <laughs> Kevin. Uh, I kind of want you to go first, but I look, I... um. Do you want me to go? I do. Alright, I'll go I'll go first then. So um I actually I actually tried to listen to this a few times. Mm-hmm. Um and I couldn't I don't know whether I was in the right mood or it was the wrong time or sort of I just couldn't get into it. I actually had to I had to force myself to actually listen to this album. Ooh. Um and then I don't know what happened. I just had really good, quiet day put it on and it really surprised me like it um starts off with the gorgeous intro when it all comes true that's that's gorgeous 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 song um there are some lovely tracks on this album um i do find myself coming in and out of the album it doesn't hold my attention all the way through but there are songs scattered throughout that i go god that was that's gorgeous. You know, that was something special. Um, so, look, I do... I think it's an excellent album. I think uh, everything about it is is gorgeous. It probably doesn't hold my attention. Um, I did appreciate it. I think it'd be really nice on a day like this with the sun's out, early 20 degrees, out in your back garden, few beers, whack that on. Mm. I think that'll be a nice hour spent uh, in the sun listening to it. But if it was an album I had to go back again, I probably wouldn't. But look, for me, very nice. Uh, 7 out of 10. Well, I thought you'd be lower than that. No. So, I really liked it. (laughs) Wow. Shocked. Shocked. (laughs) 
Um, I knew you would. I, it's got it's got everything in an album you want. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's um, you know, it's kind of like it, the the music styles that can one minute it's bluesy, it's indie, it's folksy. Her voice is haunting. Mm. Um, I got the daughter thing as well. Yeah, okay. I did. I heard that. Um, I'm like you. There, it loses its way towards the end. There's a couple of tracks that kind of you lose attention a bit. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a solid beginning. When it all comes true, it's a great track. Mm-hmm. And Baddies is amazing. I want you to play that. Um, song playing Baddies. Can I talk to you about the Every Atom song? Yes. What do you think about the chorus? If I had to split every atom to find you, that's what I'd do. Would you? I mean, as a, I just, you know, it, it, as a line, it just stood out to me and I went... I mean... Would that work for me in a pub? Rock up, hey. I mean... It just, it's... It's romantic. Is it? Because what they're saying... It's not scientifically it's impossible. correct. Yes. <laughs> so what they're saying is they would go to the ends of the earth, they would, did, they would try and conquer impossibility to find you. I mean, that's beautiful. Look, it wouldn't work for me in a pub, and scientists have a real problem with that. But, okay, if it works... It works. You know what? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> The romantic part of me is like that. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got a million atoms to go. I'm here. <laughs> um, right, yeah, keep going. And then I think, to be honest, it's really, really solid. The only real tracks, um, I think Swimming Lessons and, and then Secrets and Medicine's okay, but then it comes back in again. Yes. And I do like the way the end, I think a fitting end, mm-hmm. quite apt, um, does end. It's a short album. Okay. Don't you think? I mean, it's 40 minutes. I know that isn't too short. It's not short. But it feels short. Uh, I felt. Well, I had the opposite thing because it took me a while to get into it. So once I got through it, I was like, oh. So no, I didn't, I didn't feel that. I just think that they are incredibly talented and I'm going to go back and listen to their earlier works because I bet I love it. And like, score? Eight. Knew you'd be up there. Alright, well done, that's really good. So that was actually quite a high scoring album, right? So Yeah, let me just I'll put them in my Wii chart. Put them in your Wii Excel chart. <laughs> so it's not Excel, it's just it's word. So what do you want? Lanterns on the lake with baddies? Please. Alright, well let's play that. Don't look now. Here come the baddies. On a wave of hate. One blink if you're ready. Point to 
funny what music can put you through. going to put my wee score in. Put it eight. together, aye. Oh, what aye. did you give it? Seven. Seven. I thought it was a really... Okay, so that's 15. Nice. Oh, it's up there. Is it? Okay. It's overtaken Stormzy. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh! <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about Georgia. So, Georgia. This is her second album. Mm. She um, is from... Uh, UK obviously from London she's a producer and obviously a vocalist her full name Georgia Ban- Barnes um, I'm, this is an interesting one I can't actually wait to talk about this one um, again it reviews mixed so The Guardian gave it three, in a, 3 out of 5 um, Seeking Thrills the second album by Georgia it has all the makings of a sort of dance pop album one with an avocado half where a smiley face might once have been doesn't make sense. Between her eponymous debut of 2015 and the second outing, the 29-year-old gave up alcohol, drugs, meat, coffee and gluten. Wow. That list of inclusions and how it might shape an exuberant, eclectic club pop record such as this codes differently depending on your peer group. To head in to remember the saucer-eyed boom years, George's ascetic choices might set off some Moby alarm bells. Mm. To any millennial or Gen Zer, however, there may be a perfectly understandable self-care strategy at work here, reflecting more planet-forward cash-savvy times. Studies tell us that having it large has given way to having it more bijou, as hordes of young people eschew intoxicants and dance away the future fear with one eye on their group chat. Whether that is true or not, George's second album packs a conscious contemporary, even as it lines up. A squad of retro signifiers. Any concerns that it might not bang are not borne out. Seeking thrills sounds full fat, not free from a wash in euphoria, blowbacks and pre-love synth pop. This is a record that proves the dynamics of a good time benefit from a clear mind. Rhythms are key. Georgia used to be a session drummer, most notably for her friend Kate Tempest. She's very good. Oh. Last June she played Glastonbury from inside a distinctive red hexagonal drum kit. The research for Seeking Thrills involved her taking deep dives into the annals of electro Detroit techno and Chicago house, lending a lot of substance to these stylish offerings, deliciously Georgia in the sense of over-prescriptive and squeaky clean. This album is not. You going? What's your thoughts on that? Mm, I gave it a three out of five, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, pitchfork. Oh, it's a decimal point, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, pitchfork, 7.4. 6.8. Ah! From behind a set of cherry red drum pads, Georgia opened a small show in Brooklyn this past October with the announcement that just that day she'd met a personal hero. 
Sheila E., the iconic drummer, singer and Prince collaborator. There are famous women drummers, but few who are songwriters, producers, headlining performers and pop stars too. Perhaps that's why Seeking Thrills, the new album for 29-year-old British musician Georgia Barnes, sounds so fresh and exploratory. She's not working from any real blueprint, though it's her second record, Seeking Thrills, as the ascendant energy of an audition tape, brighter and less tentative than her self-titled 2015 debut. Even its awkward moments convey earnest self-taught sincerity. To write the new album, Georgia holed up in her home studio studying a pers- personal um, region of songwriters, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Kate Bush. She estimated that it took a year and a half worth of study to unlock her own abilities. A finished version of Seeking Thrills was ready in spring 2019, but earlier last year, after Started Out landed in rotation on BBC Radio 1, she happily delayed it. Fully half of the album's songs were released as singles from Feel It in 2017 to the most recent 24 Hours just this week. The promotional advantages are self-evident, though the outcome is frustrating. The album front loads its two best songs, Started Out, and the twisty about Work the Dance Floor and Nothing Thereafter packs quite the same punch. You go, you go. So, I was pleasantly surprised by this because I knew it was going to be kind of poppy and we'd had, like, Julia was alright and then the other one, that Charlie X8, was just hellish. So, I was like, another female poppy album? Like, there's a bit... I mean, it's great, there's such a great female representation in the Mercury Prize, but I was like, another pop album. This is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it ple- I was pleasantly surprised. It's certainly not going to win it. It's not my winner. But it, she does pop well because it's not too cheesy. So it's not Julepa when it's like you know you can imagine Calvin Harris doing some crazy loop at the background, book. And it's not Charlie XCX, just nonsense. It's kind of like mature. It's like sophisticated pop music, um, where you go. Do you know what? You have got talent. You've made a kind of pop retro funk kind of disco album, and it's enjoyable. It actually is enjoyable. I'm still not sure. I do struggle with some of the nominees this year because I know sometimes the Mercury Music Prize there are weird and wonderful albums on it. There's always a jazz, there's always a classical, classical album. And, yeah. and, and so, and I do think pop should always be represented because it's still a genre, even if it's not one that we prefer. But I think it's been heavily influenced by pop music this year. Great. And I don't know how I feel about that. But that aside, this, like, <clears throat> about... Work the dance, like work the dance floor, like they're all. Some of the tracks are really good. Feel it's really great. Um, you find yourself bopping away to it, and you just don't mind. What do you think about Mellow and Ray Guns? No, I'm not a huge fan. No, they're they're bad. No, um, I'd give it a seven. Right. Okay. Well, it's one of for a pop album. And when I think about what I've given the others, like what did I give Julie again? I mean, I gave her a decent score. Yeah, I gave her a seven. So I think, yeah, she's same in an enjoyment factor. I didn't want to turn it off. So neither the albums did this week. I was like, oh. Same. Yeah, actually, kind kind of similar for me as well. I, I did struggle with this. I struggled with it more than, than Lanterns. Um, it's not bad. I just couldn't get into it. I really had to push myself to get through it. It's bubblegum pop, not to the extent of Charlie XCX. Mm-hmm. However, it's there. Some of the songs are actually quite good and, and likeable. Like, Start It Out, Never Let You Go, 24 Hours, Feel It. Honey Dripping Sky is actually really good. Mm-hmm. But then there's some 
pants. Yeah. Mellow and ray guns are just like, ugh. Um, for me, there's a song that I go, like that, surprised I like that, and then it'll be followed up by a song that I go, ah, oh, that's, yeah. that's a bit cringy for me. It's too much. Mixed bag, six out of ten. Six. Yeah. That gives her a 13. So what's, who, how so, did it finish? Michael Kawanuka. What's his score again? Can't 20. remember. 20. 20. Gee, uh, in second place, we have Canoe with Hoodies All Summer. Wow, I'm surprised at that as well. And we have... Who's three? That's a big one. Oh, no, that's a lie. Second place is Laura Marling. So we've got, sorry, so it's Michael yeah, K- Kiwanaku. Right. And we've got Laura Marling. And third is Lanterns on the Lake. Okay. So we're Michael... Uh, Laura, Lanterns on the Lake. So Lanterns got into his top three. Wow. Yeah, it did. Uh, closely followed by uh, Canoe. And then we had um, three albums at 13, which came after, which was Sports Teen, Porridge Radio, and Moses Boyd. Who came last? Stormzy, sorry, was at 14, so he came Who came last? Charlie XCX. She got two out of 20. Shocking. So, and Anna Meredith. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. there were quite a few in that 14 13 bracket, but yeah, our top. Do you think it was a more enjoyable Mercury than last last year? Um, Your boy Dave won, didn't he? I think I found oh, no, more it? gems last year. Okay. And more surprises like Little Sims and Dave and. Yeah, okay. Which I still listen to. Wow. Um, but then I have found two of the most beautiful albums of the year out of this. Well, and we knew Laura Marling before it, but Laura Marling and Michael Kiwanaku's album are the two most beautiful albums I've heard in a long time. Okay. And then Lanterns on the Lake. Happy with that. But never heard of them. Well, that's a good Would point. Would never listen to them. Yeah, okay. So there's actually quite a few bands that, I mean, I could be doing without the Julie Pills. I, I could be doing now with the pop. Um, my money to win it. If not Michael. I think it's Stormzy. Nah, he's had too many accolades. Everyone knows Stormzy. He's not going to win it. I think it's Stormzy. I just think sometimes you need to pull a rabbit out and go, someone different. So that's why I've got Moses Boyd. It's Michael or Moses for me. I hope it's Michael. I hope it's Michael because he deserves it. But I reckon it's Stormzy. (sighs) So um, we'll find out in 12 days. Okay. So, edge of your seat, you can see. <laughs> um, so, next week. Oh, back new to week. normal. Back to normal. Um, I am excited about this because there are two bands that I really like. And they've got two new albums out. So, the first one is Biff- Biffy Clyro. Scottish band. Why were they not on the list? Not on the list. Maybe they came after 2003. Um, well, anyway, their new album, A Celebration of Endings. I've wanted to talk about this for some time. They delayed this release date for months oh. because of COVID, but eventually they've got it out. Okay. And Hot Off The Press, released yesterday, is The Universal Want by The Doves. You've changed this because you told me it was something else. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Check your test, your text messages. I've done a review for another album. Oh, what did I tell you? Told me, told me to do another sky, which I've done. Oh, that's no, no. We're doing that. We're doing that. I want to it's talk. It's not this week. You told me it was, but I do want to talk about that. Yeah, album. but I just, but it's my thing, and you shouldn't ask me so far in advance because I just never know. I just make sure I haven't tell you because you text me and I'm like, I better respond. I'll just write something. <laughs> And the reality is I really have no idea. And then I saw the Doves was coming out. I was right with the first one, but the Doves got released yesterday. All right. 
I do get to do my album though, right? We maybe, are going to do another maybe. No, maybe. No, no, maybe. No, there's a maybe. Unbelievable, mate. <laughs> it's called Les Says. I'm not entirely sure. You Les Says for me to listen to an album, which I did. Anyway, right, not the point. All right, so we've got Biffy Clyro and the Doves. Yeah, and you are going to get an... You will. You will. And then and the other band I told you will be the following week. I just really want to hear the Doves. Okay. I just shifted it about a week. Get over it. <laughs> and you shouldn't ask, because it's just, you know... I shouldn't ask what my homework is, because you'll change it. You should just find out today. Don't you think it's nicer? Just, you need a bit of spontaneity in your life. You just live that your life <laughs> constant need of organisation just live just imagine the joy that you'd have got today what are we listening to and you really didn't know and I told you and you go whoa just that feeling spontaneity living on the edge you don't know what's coming just imagine that you can never get disappointed because you never knew sometimes sometimes but doves that's exciting yeah. Hey, before we get into this, I did want to talk to you about um, how are you feeling? Because you were a bit down about the whole oh yeah oppressive awful. piece. Like you feeling a bit better? This that is sucks. Still down there. Morons. This country is run by <laughs> morons. Fundamental morons. I'm reading yesterday. There's a pandemic going on, and the New South Wales government are fighting about koalas. What the can you, actual... Can you talk to me about what... I saw it on that. Why is koala so code essentially, because they're saying by 2035 or something, ko- koalas will be extinct in New South Wales. So what they're saying is that if you have a farm or you have land... Yeah. ...that is a natural habitat of the koala, if you want to build anything, cut something down, do whatever, you just have to get permission. Okay. So that's the Liberal Party saying that, but they're obviously the coalition with the Nationals, who are just rednecks. Right, just putting that out there. And so they're like, oh, but it's our farm. They're like the shooters and the fishers and all those people. Right. And they're like, it's our land, we can do what we want with it. And why should a farmer not be able to buy a, build a shed for its cows because of the koalas? Because they're going extinct, you moron. <laughs> and you'll probably get planning permission. Just don't cut down the tree the koala lives in. Just build it over there. So anyway, the fact is, that's what they're arguing about. Why is the extinction of koalas even for debate? Save the koalas. It's the most iconic animal after the kangaroo in Australia. I agree. And why would you want anything to be extinct? Why? Why? So the rules is they just need to ask for permission. I mean, now. I think there's more to it, but they just, yeah, they'll basically, they may not get, there'll be lots of more restrictions around what you can, you cannot do in your own land if it falls into a natural habitat. So have you gone and it a, could be expensive. A koala avenue this week? No, I, no. I just got annoyed when I'm like that. Really, you've got, you can't come in and out the country, borders are closed, there's a woman who couldn't even see her go to her dad's funeral yeah, because she was no. in bloody... There have been no cases in Canberra for 65 days where it's where she was coming from mm. and they wouldn't let her out of the hotel to go to her dad's funeral, mm. even wearing PPE. It's a joke. But we'll just, I'll tell you what, we'll kick off about koalas today instead. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't sum up Australia, I don't know what does. Yes. I'm sorry I asked. Yeah, well, I I've just... I've got you upset I now. just don't understand. Do you know what really pisses me off, though? <laughs> When I think about us and our jobs in the private sector, yes, if we behaved like utter fannies and started running and raving to our boss that we're going to, because this is what he was doing in the 
about the koalas. I'm going to pull the government. I'm going to ruin it all because I can't get what I want. And if I did that to my boss, I'm just going to like completely ruin every HR project that there is under the sun because I'm not getting my way. Mm. Quite rightly, I probably wouldn't have my job. Yeah. So why, why, why? And polit- they can just do what they want. Morons. Run by morons. They wouldn't last five minutes in the private sector. They'd be on a pip. Performance improvement plan. <laughs> you must not go to the media with your babyish demands. Yeah. Please yeah. explain. Yeah. First warning, get out. Final warning, bye. Like, I just don't... I, do, I don't know. It I'm, just really upsets me. Yeah, no, it's fair. And I agree. I'm just glad I got this out now than when we're at dinner in about an hour's time. Oh, no, I'll... You'll kick off about koalas again. I might. Then COVID. Then the government. They're all interlinked. Then Dundee United losing. I mean, I know that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm far more comfortable with that than the bloody koalas. Why are we arguing like this? Like, I mean, what the fuck? Should we get into this week's album? Yay! <laughs> but thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm fine. I thought I'd check in. Uh, Manson, Little Kicks. Oh no. Picked it because we're sort of wrapping up this season and it gives me a chance to talk about a couple of things. It gives me a, another chance to talk about six, it gives me some time to talk about little kicks, it gives me some time to talk about kleptomania. It just celebrated its anniversary as well. And why not? You know? Why not? Why not? So, uh, Manson Little Kicks, the album cover. <laughs> I'm going to increase the size of this album cover. If you really look at the album cover of, of Little Kicks, you can see how, how unhappy that band is. Right, you know how bands look at a camera and they go, guys, just try and look cool, steely look. But That's that... angry, pissed off. I don't want to be standing next to the next guy. What do you think? Oh. I think they're just trying to be like... You think they're trying to be cool? Yeah. Okay. How would you be with Paul Draper so far in the, the, the foreground as well? I mean, again, like it's fair. I think my ego would... That's why I'm not in a band. I think my ego would... I'd be like, ah, mate, I can't get out there. You're not I a team can't. player. I'm not a team player? Old mate's taking up 70% of the photo. Because old mate does 70% of the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Album uh, came out on 14th August 2000. This is a third album. What came before it was six, which got to number six in September 98. What followed it was Kleptomania. This is uh, on Parlophone, and it was recorded at Astoria on the River Thames. The producer, guess who the producer was? I don't know. Well, it wasn't Paul Draper. <laughs> so the producers, Hugh Padman and Michael Hunter. So Paul Draper produced the first two albums. This one, no dice, which we'll talk to a little bit later on. Um, 52 minutes, 11 tracks, got to... 27. Number 12. Oh. And how long was it in the top 100? 23. Five. Oh. Which is weird because they had a, their highest ever um, single, which we'll get into in a bit. But let's talk about the charts. So, albums. Because what's yours again? 2000. Oh, yeah. Okay. Santana Supernatural. Oh, God. Oh, I just can't. You can't. hate Santana. I hate Santana. Red Hot Chili Peppers with Californication. It's a great album, that. I'm not a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That album was huge, though. That just. Yeah. I'd, I'd take the Red Hot Chili Pipers. 
I love them. I've got the CD downstairs. I can play that for you later. After John Martin, that famous Scottish artist. <laughs> Oops, I did it again by Britney Spears. Did she end up getting uh, legal control over her father? Do you know? I'm not I can't sure. Remember. That was all going down the last couple of weeks. I'm too busy worried about the koalas, Kev, to care about Britney Spears. I've really got enough bandwidth for we that. We should be worried about Britney Spears. She has no control over her life whatsoever. It's pretty sick, isn't it? It's really bad. Like, she can't do anything without the dad saying, yeah, all right, you can do that. And he gets all the money for it. Like, he controls everything. Um, uh, affirmation by Savage Garden. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a shit, man. We're Australian. Play, <clears throat> play by Moby. What an album. I'd love to talk about the downfall of Moby. Like, what happened? He just released his new, a new album, which is pretty good. People hate it. They hate it. I don't know whether they hate him or his music now. I just don't know. Something has happened. It's because he's a vegan. <clears throat> Where are we going tonight? Yeah, that's weird. I'm just going to order rice because I don't know what else to do. You picked it. Where are we going? I'm trying to be nice. It was lovely. It's a vegan Thai restaurant. Cannot wait for this. I mean, it's Thai, right? Because Thai's all about flavour. It's not really about meat. It's not like you go to Thai. You don't go to Thai for meat. You go to Thai for Does it have fake flavors. meat, though? Does it have the soy meat instead? Like, can no you get idea. a chicken substitute and I've stuff? I have no idea. Anyway, that was a really nice I just thought. Want to, I'll just get a vegetable curry. <clears throat> wee bit of rice. Magic. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Thai food. It's beautiful. Like, it's my favourite. Of the takeaway genre, <laughs> Thai is my favourite by a million miles. <laughs> is it, what's your favourite takeaway? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. It's not Thai. Well, that's foolish. You know what? It's, it's actually true because what, you know, we're, you're taking us to a vegan place. We are vegetarian. And what... Be, it's not really a takeaway scene for the old vegetables, really. I mean, Thai, you're winning with Thai. I'm in the burbs, though. You know what I mean? You're really not. Right, so carrying on. Parachutes by Coldplay, White Ladder by David Gray, The Marshall Matters LP by Eminem, In Blue by The Coors. Wow. That's, that's, we, I, if I could be asked, we should find out what The Coors are up to. Hanging out with our family, probably, because that's what they did in their band. <laughs> and Ronan by Ronan Keaton. He can fuck off back to the UK. Oh my God. Uh, him, and, him and Mel B just, just clinging on. I'm going to get the drunken hockey and noodles, by the way. Basil chilli jam and seasonal vegetables. It's good. Cool. Riveting. Uh, we Will Rock You by Five and Queen. That's hellish. That is a combination I never want to hear. Uh, I Feel For You by Bob Sinclair Great song Back when Bob Sinclair was actually That was always good. a actually staple good. in a DJ set for me Always I always feel bad for like feel for you, Bob was great up until Love Generation That's the worst song ever It is the worst fucking song you've ever heard in your life But do you know how much money he made off that song And how much airtime that song got And how big that song was, but for me it killed his career because I just went, that's oh, shit, mate. Really? It really is. Oh. But that's a great song. Uh, the Real Slim Shady by Eminem. Life is a roller. Oh, God, in my head. Life Don't. Is a roll. No! Don't sing him, he's a moron. Time to Burn by Storm. 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 Storm.
I can remember that. Doesn't Really Matter by Janet Jackson. Uh, Freestyler by Bob, Monk, Bob Funk MCs. Oh my God, Rick-a-rick-a. that's the best song in the world. Reminds me of uni when I first started. Seven Days by Craig David. <sighs> what a song. Met a girl on Monday, took her for a drink on Tuesday. We were making love on Wednesday, and on Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and still on Sunday. Met a girl on Monday. Got a funny story. Not about Craig David. Uh, I was at the gym today, and uh, my gym is um, ran by. Remember Gladiators in the UK? Yeah, great show. Well, there was a Gladiators here in Australia. Anyway, my gym is ran and owned by one of the ex-gladiators. Wow. And um, it's just me and him in the gym. And Mac Morrison comes on, Return of the Mac. And I was like, ah, Mac Morrison, how much money did he make off this song? Didn't he release it every 400 time? 400 times. Yep. Anyway, turns out my mate knew Mac Morrison and almost beat the shit out of him in a hotel room in London. I was like, oh my God, small world. Like... So yeah. then I googled how many times Mac Morrison had been arrested. A lot. A lot. And one of the best ones is he got community service. And when the um, prison services rocked up to check on him, it was a lookalike. He paid a lookalike to do his community services for him. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, you've got to give him credit for that. Goes away for two years, banged up. Return of the Mac. Why wouldn't you just do it? Why don't you just do your community Just, service? I mean, just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. It's pretty funny, though. Uh, Rock DJ by Robbie. That is one of my least favourite songs. It's on that list. I'm playing that on your birthday. You know you're not. I can't wait to see I would leave my own birthday. <laughs> I really would. I Turn To You by Mel C. <gasps> I, I Turn To You. She's amazing. That's actually a good song. Yeah, she just didn't get a lot of credit, did she? No, she didn't. Uh, all right, Manson. So, in episode 48, number four on our top 40, we did Attack of the Green Lantern. What an album. <clears throat> yeah, so I discuss the story behind Six uh, and how I felt about that. I also covered Little Kicks a little bit and clipped a minute. Some, it's two and a half hours long, that episode. So, if you want to hear about Manson, go back and uh, get into that. Um, so, the band, just a reminder for everyone. Formed in Chester in 1995, the band comprised of Paul Draper, Stove King, the real name is actually Steve, but it was a typo, uh, lead guitarist Dominic Chad and drummer Andy Rathbone. The band were initially called Grey Lantern after Draper's DC Comics influenced Alter Ego, then changed to Manson after Charles Manson, and then just Manson. I don't know why people attach themselves to that person. I've no idea. Yeah, do I. Uh, so I got involved when Take It Easy Chicken uh, and I tell a sort of story around how I got involved with that Um, Attack of the Grey Lantern you know it surprised everyone uh, when it was released it knocked off Blur by Blur which had only just come out the week before to go to number one it's pretty mental like that's Mm. just out of left field brilliant spent 19 weeks in the UK album charts selling 100,000 copies and achieving gold status um, look, I think one of the call-outs around the success of this album is the production. Um, Paul is at the heart of it, asking Parlophone at the start that he wanted to produce the album. That did stop, obviously, with this album, and you can tell. Like, I think you can absolutely tell. Say what you want about Six, the production is still great. 
Whether or not I like it, the production is great. I think in this album it's completely missing and it's a bit shallow on that front. Um, six. We're never going to get to cover six. Really, are we? Uh, probably not. It's a fascinating album. What's your thoughts on it? So... Did you re-listen to it? Today. No way. And but for this reason. Um, and I realised, because you forget, don't you, that probably my favourite Manson song is on that album. Which song's that? Legacy. Oh, great song. The only good song on that album. No. Being a Girl's a great song. It's not. It is. Six is amazing. <sighs> Negative's a great song. Television is a great song. Mm-hmm. But that's it. And okay. the rest. So, six... So, this is the thing with six. Do you know what... Do you know what made me realise is that if you're always like, that's not great, it's not great, and then I forget, and I go, yeah, you're right. And then I play it, and it starts with six and negative, and I'm like, this is a great album, what's mm-hmm. he talking about? But then it gets into Shotgun, and you're like, Bleh. and every inverse minds is pointless, it's like a minute long or some crap. And actually, you've got to plough through a bunch of nonsense to then get to television, which I genuinely do like. Uh, special Blown It is okay. But I would really, I would challenge the fact that maybe Legacy is actually Manson's best song. Uh, I would, I would definitely say it's up there as being one of the top five. I, I actually agree, and I think I talked about it now. I actually, th- I actually agree. I think I made a comment that the least six gave us was Legacy, which was. And negatives are great song. Feeling negative, because that's what Manson are good at. Legacy six. Um, negative you think of the songs on Attack of the Grey Latin same kind of song as here but that's the kind of song they're great at that same, they've got that same guitar noise mm. it's so it's so specifically Manson mm-hmm. that sound mm-hmm. why don't they create more songs like that well I think they were trying to get back at this because Little Kicks is them reining back six and I think you do get that um, so six regardless of what I thought uh, I mean, it did really well. It got to number six. Um, it got four singles in the top 30. Now, I want to get your thoughts on... Like, the one thing I'll say about Paul, he's a goldmine for quotes. And he's a very honest, upfront man. He just, he just... And I think that he can be his own worst enemy sometimes, but he tells it how he sees it. So, this is him in 2018 to Excess Noise. And I want your thoughts. On one point in 1997, Manson were just as big as Radiohead. But it imploded due to personal albums. But what was left were those couple of records which one of them six had grown and grown with time. So I thought when my career was Manson came to a stall I would be remembered as the wide open space bloke. Ultimately I wasn't. I was remembered as the bloke who made six. A lot of kids who bought it have grown up and a lot of them have gone into record companies and become journalists and people remember it. It just took on a life of its own really. And the more I meet people and see people around, literally everyone always mentions that record. I saw last year they had the top 100 prog records of all time and Radiohead were up there, so were Muse and Manson were up there as well. I think number six came in at number 70. For a band that never got to the heights, if you like, we were only seen as a mid-table Britpop band. I think that record transcended the band, so I'm really happy to talk about it. Right, I want to ask you, were Manson as big as Radiohead in 1997? And his dreams. No. Okay. That was, that was just... What do you think? I agree. I agree. I don't think they... they 
Uh, I mean, Radiohead would obviously go on to be bigger. They just gathered momentum. But at that stage, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, a mid-table Britpop band. Agree? Yeah, fair. They've been your starting 11, though? I think Manson are the Dundee United, the- United of the Premier League. Oh, that can't, you can't say that. That's yeah. going to kill me. Because Dundee United are only one of the... Um, there's only four Scottish teams that have ever won the Premier League. Dundee United are one of them. So they're kind of up there. But then it faded fast. And then it got worse. And now it's a bit better. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Actually, I like that a little bit. Because if you think about it, Yeah, you're actually a little bit right. Still popular. Everybody knows who Dundee United is. Like, most football people. But they disappeared for a while. They disappeared for a while. Like Paul Draper did. But Dundee United are, like, the last British team... One of the last British teams to beat Barcelona. At the new Camp. Just thinking about that for a minute. When was this? It's irrelevant. <laughs> In the 80s. But the point is... You know, they got to they got to the UEFA Cup final. Like, we're talking a team who had that legacy... Oh, Jesus Christ, don't come... Oh, my God, you're really reading this in. But just have never really lived up to their full potential. Just like our report wow, cards. Wow, just made that. That's amazing. You just made Manson Dundee United. And, um, and you love Dundee United. Thoughts on Paul <laughs> saying he'll be remembered for six and not wide open space? Or uh, attack of the Grey Lantern? I, look, it'll depend on who you ask. So if you ask a journalist at Pitchfork, then probably six... If you add, ask the average punter in the street, it'll be wide open space. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the things I've struggled with six, this is just so scattered, from the album cover to the songs themselves. When asked around the influence, and I hinted at this, Paul, it was just basically what was around me and what I knew as a kid. My two favourite TV shows were The Prisoner and Doctor Who, so I went straight to them for the influences of the album. I wanted to incorporate Chad on the album as much as possible, but he wasn't good. He wasn't big on the lyrical side from a couple of tracks. He was a big reader, so I dug out a lot of his books. There was all sorts of bits in his books, but the bits that appealed to me were the religious things. I grew up as a Catholic in North Wales, and I had to travel about three towns across to get to the Catholic school, and I had a slightly skewed view of it. And he had lots of books on Scientology, uh, Scientology on Taoism, Tao, Taoism, yeah, which got us into Winnie the Pooh. We weren't specifically into Winnie the Pooh. It was an allegory in the same way Six was an allegory uh, for progress in the modern world. And the character Six from the, per- the Prisoner, we just found a common theme, which was the number six. And we tried to build an album out of the number six. And instead of painting pictures with characters, we used our real influences. We probably went a bit over the top and the cover was comedically over the top. So can you see... Now, the cover of Six. Oh, it's you... weird. It looks like a computer game. I found the artist. So the guy's a guy, The artist is a guy called Max Schneider, right? So there's an interview with him. He'd never heard of Manson. He'd never received a copy of the album. He talks about how messy it was because Paul literally kept sending him diagrams about what he wanted to have on the album cover and it was just one on top of the other. And that's why it's just just a bit of a mess, right? Um, He does mention that he saw an article where it was number eight in the worst album covers of all time. However, he said that it is a competent piece of professional illustration. He is, like Max, I had a look at his website, he is incredibly talented. However, 
MacSchneider.com doesn't have six on there. I think for me that's the one thing. When I look at the album cover and I go, what is going on there, right? And there's just so much. There's just so much being thrown against the wall. And then you look at Little Kicks, which is them just staring into the camera. Yeah. There's a feel for the albums in the covers themselves, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, So in a blog uh, that Paul wrote, uh, he said to fans, it's your word of mouth that has allowed this record to grow with time. Derided in its day, but much loved today. The amount of fans who have told me it's their favourite album of all time over the years is heartwarming as it was difficult to make and was received by disbelief by the critics. It weighed heavily on me to outdo its more commercial predecessor, Attack of the Grey Lantern. Commercial suicide, but artistically satisfying. It's a record that cannot be categorised and went right across the grain of what was popular at the time. A lot of people ridiculed, but time has been kind to it. One thing I've heard again and again over the years is that it needs a good few listens to get into it due to the complexity of it. Do you remember what you gave that album, by the way? What did I give it? Five. You gave it a five. Have you changed? You listened to it again today. (sighs) You know, not really. Maybe, I I don't know, because, I mean, how many songs? What did I say? Like six? Negative, legacy, being a girl. Probably a point for effort. Five point for effort. I'd probably give them a six. I'd up it by a point. Okay. Um, Paul again. Would you give it? I gave it way too high. I think I even said, like I had Manson goggles at the time, and I think I gave it a six or a seven. I'm with you, it's a five. Um, Rather than try and make another pop record, I thought I'd do something as left field as possible on a major label and see if I could get away with it. I believed we could get the album to number one by smashing the structure of it into pieces. I thought I was some sort of creative genius. I now realise I was an idiot who should have just done a pop record, like Travis and Cashed In. I was writing my own epitaph before they could destroy me. Last one. When Draper... So this is uh, from uh, uh, Record Collector. When Draper delivered the album, he he had nothing from the label for three months. At the first tour rehearsal, he was shunned. Reviewers were, the, were at best suspicious, hostile at worst. Amidst this turmoil, Draper believes there were plots to have him removed. It was money, he insists again. They wanted all the money to themselves. They thought Six was all a bit mad, so they were going to stab me to death and get in this pub singer from Chester called Jaunty Thackeray. Honestly, they had it all planned out. Draper was off, but it was political manoeuvres, not knives. For Manson's third album, Little Kicks, he was banned from going into the studio and under strict instructions from the label to write more conventional songs minus any prog cure or bombast. I might have well have been in fucking Busted. He snarls. Do you remember the band Busted? I had no idea who they were. Awful. Who the hell were Busted? They were like some boy band, like Brothers or something. Pretty much. Yeah. I had to Google. Uh, the, probably the, the call out is the Dead Flowers Reject Which is the alter ego to Six Which was uh, recorded at the same time uh, A lot of the songs are used as sort of B-sides But they're sort of the more commercial um, Easy listening songs As opposed to what actually went on So Paul said The Dead Flowers Reject could be thought of as a fourth Manson album I think the record would probably have If it had come out Would have been my favourite Manson album it's the closest to how we actually played out. It just came out again for Record Store Day on vinyl, actually. Mm. Uh, there's actually some really good tracks. Like, Manson's B-sides are really good. 
obviously doesn't have the production of the first two albums, um, but actually it, it's pretty good. Um, Little Kicks. Was it your third album, Little Kicks, that ended the band? That album was basically just some demos and bits and bobs that we'd initially rejected. The managers just needed to collect their advances. It's as simple as that. It should never have come out, but me and the guitarist did not work together, so I couldn't have a conversation with him and say, let's get this right. Because we were lost at the record company, they put it out anyway. It had a hit single, I Can Only Disappoint You, but in my eyes, this wasn't my album. I was steamrolled into doing it, and we were told in no uncertain terms, you make a pop record or you can fuck off. What I was, I what do you see this as a pop record? No, I don't. I mean, yes, it's more commercial, but it's more aligned around about the first album. Maybe it was coming from six that this sounds like a pop album, right? Yeah, it's not a pop album. Uh, so they removed them from the producer, they wanted more independent, local, radio friendly. Um, it's very straightforward, it's song after song. Look, I really miss the transitions between the songs. Like I was the way that even on six, the way the transition and they move yeah. between the songs, it is phenomenal, um, and it's deeply missed here. Um, excess noise. If you didn't have those restrictions imposed on you by the record company, would Little Kicks have been a continuation from six musically and lyrically? Yes, if we'd have been supported on six and everything had gone swimmingly, I don't know where I don't know where we would have gone, but I think we couldn't have gone down the Little Kicks route. That's for sure. I really don't know. I literally can't tell. We probably would have ended up doing one long song on an album, 50 minute long song with different sections in it and not done any singles. So he probably would have gone on the deep end. Um, To a separate interview, why did Little Kicks fail? Wasn't the single I Can Only Disappoint You your biggest hit? It was a big hit, but the management wanted a soft rock album made behind my back for some reason and I got manipulated into releasing it. Do you know how hard it was to find a positive review about this? It was so hard. Um, not, not, that's, I said like, not, like, it's not a glowing review. They're all like middle of the road. Because maybe that's where it is. That's maybe where it is, and we'll get to that. So, uh, this is from the Irish Times. With their fab debut, Attack of the Grey Light, and in 1997, this chest of four piece proved that musical proficiency and pop brilliance were not mutually exclusive. With the follow-up six, however, Manson went down a doomed musical path straight towards the abyss of prog rock, only pulling back from the brink with the closing track being Girl. On this new album, singer and main songwriter Paul flirts with 1980s epic synth-pop, injecting songs like Butterfly, Comes as No Surprise and Song for Two Lovers with a horizon-gazing irony, while the band uses its considerable skills to reconstruct the bubblicious bombast of the era. It's as if Manson have took it upon themselves to atone for the sins of Ultravox, Simple Minds, mm-hmm. and it came damn close to succeeding. Both good Scottish bands there, who are actually Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kleptomania, the next album. I'm not familiar with it. I've never really given it time. You need to. It's actually really good. Um, so he went in to record Kleptomania. But he got this weird blister on his finger. It was a very bizarre form of skin cancer. Um, We're going to have to cut off your finger, otherwise it will spread. Well, of all the parts of the body I use, that's the main one. My whole job is moaning about shit over the minor seventh. You take that one out and I'm fucked. The oncologist warned Draper, whatever the stress you're in, get out. And as a result, Draper left Manson. I went to the studio, gave it one more shot. There was a huge fight and police came. 
and I just walked out, got on a plane, went to San Fran and booked myself in a hotel and that was March 2003. That's a pretty drastic wow. exit. Um, this, this, this article is fantastic. And so began Draper's Wilderness Years. They were darker than most. When I left Manson, it had, a, had such a traumatic effect that I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. It's been, way, been a long way back for me to become a performer. I got a bit Brian Wilson lying in bed for a couple of years. It was fucking terrifying. You have no control of it when it takes hold of you. It comes in wave. It's not static. <laughs> Full on, right? Mm. Um, look, Keep Telling Myself is a great song. Home is a good song. Um, there's, there's, it's actually a really, really good album, Kleptomania. And you get the bonus two extra CDs with all the extra live material and B-sides and all that sort of stuff. I wanted to get your opinion. If you were to rank the albums, where would you rank them? Attack of the Grey Lantern, number Obvious. one. Obviously. Because I'm not so familiar with Kleptomania, I'd have to put... I'd actually have to put Little Six second. Little Kicks second. I mean, sorry, Little Kicks, and then Six third. Yep. And then just because... It's hard. I'd have to listen to Kleptomania. I'd probably... I like it. I just I'm not as familiar with it. Like I know those three albums kind of really well, like the the way they run and the songs. Um, Six is such a shame because it's got some of my favourite Manson Up songs on it. It's just like there's just four songs in the middle that really are crap for me. Like Cancer's crap, Serotonin's crap, something else is really crap. And it, but the t- first two try Six is amazing. And I know it's prog rock because, it, and I, I actually kind of like prog rock sometimes for the fact it, that you get about four songs in one. Mm-hmm. And six, a negative I think is amazing. Legacy and Being a Girl are like, those four songs are some of Manson's finest. But then you've got... It's one hour, ten minutes, Liz. I know, it's it's so... just these four songs. And I know it takes more than four songs for an album, but... I feel that that's Manson at his best. No, like, the legacy best of Manson is a phenomenal album, and it doesn't. I actually don't pick up on my dislike for Six when I listen to the best of because they're standalone. Um, so I got to question you? how to rank them. I'm glad you asked. Uh, so obviously, Attack first. Now, if I was gonna, if you were going to chuck in Paul Draper's solo album, where do you think so? Spooky, spooky action. Where yeah. do you think that would be? Oh, high, high-ish. Um, do I like that better than Little Kicks? Mm. I think I probably did. So you're going to go one, two, Attack of the Grey Lantern, Spooky Action? Like I might. I am. So I actually, I, so mine's is Attack, then Spooky. Then I've got Kleptomania. Then I've got Little Kicks. I've got the Dead Flowers Reject. Then I'll have six. Wow. Yeah. Now, my question to you and what I'm really interested in, what do you think if they'd released it in a different order? So what do you think if he'd released Little Kicks as the second album, maybe still been in the mix and, and, and produced it, and then he released? So at the end of the 90s, do you think six released in the same way you've got you know Radiohead going off into the woods with their... Um, OK Computer's been done but now you're into like Kid A mode do you think it would have changed things for them if they'd released it later or now we're going into that slightly softer 
music, like the cold plays? I, I don't really think it would have mattered. You don't think because it's, it's just not such a, a there's yeah. only a certain amount of people that would really like that album. Okay. I think I don't think it really matters. That's but the four songs like I've mentioned, they are. I actually still think they're timeless. They stand alone. What do you think of those? Do you not like the track six and negative and? Like, I, I I do. I don't know. Yeah, and that's why I maybe it's just this. I mean, I don't like being a girl. I hate it. I actually, really? I, yeah, I really dislike being that song. A girl. And for it to be the first track off the, oh, just really no. That's not where we needed to go. As a, like I'm part of the, that's not where we needed to go as a band. Um, oh. So I know Mizzo is like listening to this, going, "You're wrong," and that's fine. Um, Shall we... Oh, the other thing... The other really good stuff is... Um, there's a lot of interviews out. I mean, I watched an interview with Paul um, on YouTube this week that was recorded actually a couple of weeks ago. And he's he talks for it. He's incredibly honest. He's, he knows what happened. He's he's actually a really nice guy. Like, I'd, I'd love to, to talk to him and see how he'd react to some of this. But um, he's got a new album coming out in March. Cult Leader Tactics. And he basically said it's going to be a continuation of Spooky Action, which I'm, which I'm excited about. So we will get to hear more music from him. And he seems to be doing really well as well, so that's good. Shall we get into the songs? Yes, Anything please. Anything else you want to talk about before we get in? Um, Let's crack on it. Yeah, I'm just... Well, that was good. My question... So, oh, we can wait till the end. But my question to you was, you go on about Manson being, like, your favourite band. They're not my favourite... Well... Mm. My How favorite... can that be the reality? Actually, do you know what? Yeah, they probably... If when I was to say they're my favourite Britpop band... I can't understand that. Who would you compare them against? Oasis. Yeah, you don't you like, like Oasis better? I listen, I listen to Manson more than Oasis. And I got way more but entrenched in Manson. When I you listen to Manson, right? Because the thing is, right, let's just play this out. This is what the thing is. You, would, you listen to, what, one album? Maybe two? Three. Do you really? Do you really actually? And then how, many, how many Oasis albums do I listen to? But do you really actually listen to three albums regularly of Manson? Uh, more than Oasis albums, I think you'd be like more than Oasis. Absolutely. Are you Oasis were yours? Manson were mine. I, I know that, but and I get that. And I'm not saying that they're. I'm not trying to say the one is better than the other. But you just are not very complimentary. Of your favourite band. Ah, ah, right. Now, that's a, that's a very good point. And this is when you know you... Because, I can't spoil it, but we're going to talk about a band eventually that I'm just obsessed with. But when I find that, I'm also the worst critic because I'm impartial. I'm, I'm obsessed to this, this band that when I find a fault with them... Oh, God, it just, it's, it, it's, not, it's not something I just let slide. It's something that gets me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm Manson's sort of biggest fan, but I'm also the biggest critic at the same time because I just I like them so much. It's like you. Complex. It's like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> We've been best friends for ages. It's complex. Uh, it is. It's very, very... And we'll talk about it eventually. Right, should we get into tracks? Yep. Butterfly New Beginning. How do you feel about it? I mean, it takes about 40 seconds to even know it's on. <laughs> I'm always like, that is the sound up. Is the sound up? Is it playing? Is it playing? Um, Got good news. 
Marilyn Manson's album just dropped as well. Brilliant. And he does exactly the same thing where I'm like, is it playing? Is it on? How loud's the volume? And for like 40 seconds, you don't get anything. And then he's slowly whispering into the first track. Uh, right, so yes. How do you but feel? But I like it once it, when, when you actually hear things. Yeah. It's quite a slow start. It's not a punch to the face, is it? It's not a punch to the face, no. But I actually like the start. I like it. It's very much... I don't know, it, it feels the same as the first album, the way the slow build, obviously it doesn't have the beautiful violins, but it's nice. It's a nice start to the album. I think it's a really good song. I do, I genuinely <laughs> do. I think you'll be surprised at what I think about the song. All right, let's play it. Butterfly, new beginning. I can only disappoint you. And what about her? Uh, so disappoint you. Um, really simple video backlighting. It got to number eight. Um, okay, the lyrics are so weird. Uh, the queens they all loved you. The tall, the short, the fair. The sailors, the psychos, always. And here I faltered, gun in my hand, and you with piggies scrawled on your wall. And tonight her note said, better off dead. And the earth has never moved for me since. There's a lot of strange lyrics They're in really, they're, they're, but they're renowned for that. Uh, little lost me, the truest of loves. Uh, pass away the opportunity of love because you know you hurt the other person too much. This song always makes me cry. TX9, and here I faltered, gun in my hand, and you with piggies scrawled on your wall. Apparently it's a reference to the, Nate, the Tate murders um, by the Manson family. So there's that, yeah, there's that connection again. Um, right, okay, so um, I dig this song. This is typical Manson yeah. for me, number eight. Uh, let's play a bit of I Can Only Disappoint You.
Comes as no surprise. I love this. This is a surprise. <laughs> I love it. This is my pick. I know. I was a little bit surprised by this. It's a great song. It's a good song. Builds I'm... up. You think it's going to be crap at the beginning, and then it's like boom. And I love the. Yeah, I love it. I think this is Head and Shoulders, the best song on the album. It is a good song. I'll give you that. I like the slow start. Builds up. Yeah. The heavy chorus. Um, I love the chorus. I, it's really weird. Like I, I think it's about someone he's lost and loved. So it starts. In the sand you used to lay, you'd be there at my side. As the night fell on the shore, she had gone. I trusted for you to stay. But then, it's met a soldier from the war, stole her things, died alone junkie. I still wait for you. I know you're safe. Oofed. Bizarre. It's all over the place. It is. It's a bit unusual. But, comes as no surprise, that's your pick. I'm glad you picked. It is a belter of a song. Let's play it.
And here's my pick. Yeah. I absolutely love Great song. this song. Was he, that was my second pick. And it's a belter. Number 23 this got to in the charts. It deserved better. So this album right now, this is the thing that surprised me because I hadn't listened to it for eight. I'm four for four. You're four I'm like four. that. I don't know what he's going on about. This is a good album. The video is brilliant. They're in uh, California in an old uh, abandoned sort of aircraft carrier um, and driving down in America. It's very, very cool, actually. Um, this is my top five Manson songs. I love this. The minute I heard this on the album, I was like, that's it. You are my seven deadly sins, making sense in your screwy dress. The beautiful ones just slip away to a mirror where we used to kiss. With your disco heartbeat. Oh, it's just so great. You're not even human. We're so electric. Do you have no passion? Um, so Paul said, Electric Man didn't work out. That was supposed to be like tax loss, tax loss of the album. A piss take of Starman by David Bowie. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I love this song I think it's fantastic We're going to play the whole thing Electric Man You were the seven deadly sins Making sense in your screwy dress The beautiful ones just slip away to a mirror where we used to kiss With your disco heartbeats You're not even human We're so electric Do you have no
Love is. You're four for four. I'm four. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm five for five. <laughs> this is classic Manson. Yes. Um, you could easily have lifted this, put it on the debut album. It's it's a belter. So, love is just it's again. You're five for five. Yep. Now I'm gonna yeah, just now imagine, right? So you're five for five. Imagine Paul is producing this, right? And you get maybe a little bit more of the orchestral, you get the mixing between the tracks. Even better, imagine better. Imagine you've done like your five for five and then the next track is legacy, and then the next track is negative, and the next track Oh, so you're taking a blend of both the albums. Is Six and then the next track is being a girl. I, I'm I'm pushing a nine so out of ten. So you're saying merge the two albums and you because got... yeah because yeah, we're about to fall. This is where we're about to trip up. No, nah, we're still good. All right. So soundtrack for two lovers. You're not into this. No, the, no, no, no. I don't hate it. You can like play it, but it it. This is where we're beginning to. You're feeling it, Wayne. You're feeling the Wayne. You really are, because then it becomes. I'm alright I think the string, strings are good Lyrics are simple It's basically a repetition Of, of one um, verse I'm alright with this I'm good Let's play a bit of Soundtrack for Two Lovers Forgive me. Oh, we're losing you. We're losing you. You're losing me now. I'm all right. Great chorus. Fantastic guitar work here. I've actually wrote, so far, this album's fantastic. The production and mixing is nowhere as strong, but the songs themselves are actually really good. I still think it's okay, but it's not okay. as... You can sense the... You can sense it. Okay. Well, let's play a little bit of Forgive Me. Genius. 
Until the next life. No. <laughs> you don't get me back here. Uh, I've actually said, look, it's it's solid, but this is probably the one. If I had to skip, I would absolutely skip. I do love the na 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 at the end. Love that. Love that. Um, Paul, I think technically until the next life is the best song I ever wrote. It took me two weeks to write that song. It's technically most interesting. Um, are we playing this? Go then. Okay. Good. Until the next life. I do not like Fool. Do you not? No, I don't think it's that good. Um, Hmm. What is good is the video, which I'd never seen before. So it got to number 28. The video is Jesus Christ coming back to modern day New York. It's in black and white, walking down the streets of New York. And he's trying to connect with people and like, people are just ignoring him, thinking he's a weirdo, picking fights with him. He gets hit by a car, you name it. And he's just, he's just, at the end of it, he's just like, I got this wrong, um, that he's a fool and basically desecrates New York with a massive storm. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good. Um, I think it's... Paul said, fool didn't really work out. It was supposed to be a subversive comment on pop singles, but that's what we had to do. I, How do you feel about this? I mean, it's okay. I mean, if you want to skip... Because I'm about to just absolutely go eight. I'm going to skip full because that will be my skipper, right? Oh, mine is next. I have basically put for We Are The Boys. The worst song <laughs> I've heard in my entire fucking life. <laughs> no! It is no! absolute rubbish. Like, it is inexplicably shit. Like, I'd get zero out of ten. We are the, it's the, one of the worst songs I think I've ever heard. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why? What is this? It's an absolute... A five-year-old could write that. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Who even allowed that on that record deserves to be shot? Because it's awful. It's just... Oh, my God. I absolutely hate it. It makes me, like... Like physically squirm. <laughs> I've actually got. I know Leslie hates this. I knew this coming into it, but I don't mind it. I mean, if I had to, if I had to skip, and you know, normally it's two skips. So this is my second skip because I don't. I agree with you. It's not the best. It doesn't. I don't have the same feeling that you do. Hate it. it. <laughs> 
Video games we've lost our souls, bulldoze ahead because we're stoned. All get hard and bruised, all get hard and bruised and tender, bulldoze ahead because we're stoned. We are the boys. Oh, just that Awful. face. Awful. All right, it's not great. So we will skip We Are The Boys. And we actually end uh, on Goodbye. It's not the strongest of endings. But uh, I like it. Yeah, I actually... I mean, think of the endings of the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first two albums. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been a girl. I don't know for you, but for me, I really like it. I've gone, I'm actually not a massive fan of this. It feels like a hangover from six and actually has some of the guitar. It actually sounds like it's got some of the guitar chords from, I would attribute to that album. I get that it's a hurrah, technically. It's not the best, though. I also hate the way it just ends. Do you know when it just the song just ends? It is one of my least favourite ways to end an album. It just, I, when the song just ends and you're like, wait, did it? And you grab it, you get your phone, and you, did something happen? Yeah. No, it's just a song, it's just ended. And just really bothers you, doesn't it? It really, really fucking annoys me. My OCD kicks in, yeah. and I'm like, really? Really? You couldn't have ended it a bit better? Um, so, look, I think we'll, we'll play it to take us out. So, um, you're so constructive but so full of shit. You said I could have been a superstar but I sing like a girl. There's no rock and roll when your life's a mess. Uh, So the lipstick, there's a line in here around uh, lipstick on the chest, right? So Paul actually, for the stripper, stripper, oh my God, stripper, vicar, t-shirt images, he actually had that in lipstick on his torso. I guess he wasn't too happy about that. Um... So that was supposed to be the last technically song they ever did. And then we got Kleptomania, which was alright. So what do you think people think about this album other than me and you? Oh, I'll probably get slated. Uh, Godlike Boy, 1 out of 5. Absolute rubbish. This album would have been totally ignored if it weren't inexplicably by the same band who made the Sublime albums before it. Offensively bad in general, a crime against humanity in comparison. Thank God they split before they could embarrass themselves even further. Keep Manson pure. Pretend this album doesn't exist. Ah. PQ, 2 out of 5. Looking at the song titles, though, it was obvious that Manson was subconsciously trying to indicate that all was not well. Titles like Forgive Me, Fool, and Goodbye hint that Manson had an idea that the end was nigh for them. Most prophetic of all was probably the lead single, I Can Only Disappoint You, which against all odds is actually a pretty good song. On the whole, Little Kicks found Manson in dull, grey and uninspired, which, given the diverse strengths of their previous two albums, is nothing short of a tragedy. Uh, Noah is cool. 4 out of 5. A bit puzzled by the rating, this is mostly a return to form of the Attack of the Grey Lantern, which got good reception. Anyway, you should know the deal. Big, pompous pop rock arrangements complete with Baroque pop strings. A bit softer and less elaborate and eccentric than Attack of the Grey Lantern, which makes it less interesting. But the band still has an ear for delightful melodies, and Paul Draper's powerful voice can seriously carry a tune. If you're interested and already a fan of Manson, you should give this a shot. I guarantee you'll find something you like. Funny how the band ended the final album of their career with a song titled Goodbye. This wasn't meant to be the final album. It has a show tune standard to it. Reminds me of how the Stone Temple Pilots closed their tiny music songs from the Vatican gift shop. Um, right, let's get into it. What do you think? Seven. Really? Yeah. Right. When we did season one, 
Uh, we actually, even though we didn't count this because we sort of closed it off, we actually did give a rating to this. Do you remember what you gave it? Probably low. Five. Yeah, I think it's better. I was harsh. You were harsh. Um, so I think, uh, look, I this was good going back to it. There is some really good songs. There is probably one or two that I go, mm, boys. Um, drop some songs as well. Get Paul back in the production. Um, for me, it's a 7 out of 10, which is exactly the same rating I gave it. Because I went, oh, it's a 7 out of 10. Looked back and went, oh, it's a 7 out of 10 last year as well. So I actually still enjoy this. Uh, so we talked about the band, obviously nothing there, but Paul, new album, Cult Leader Tactics, coming in March. Um, and the next album, and the next one's Listener Pick. Oft. And so it's the last Listener Pick of the season. Oh, no. Better be punchy. Well, it is. It, it is. To be fair, it's a massive, massive album. Um, it is Snow Patrol. Oh, Controversial. Controversial. Final got, straw. Final straw. I gotta admit, I I have this album. Same. It's got some mental, sentimental moments to the album. I have not listened to this album in years. What they get such a? Do you know what they're they're in the same bracket as the Keen? Oh yes, you are. And they just remember they released their redone album, oh. and we. Friggin' hated it. They're in the same bracket as Keen because I think they've written some good songs and they were huge. Yeah, massive. But yeah, they get slagged off. Mm-hmm. So are we going to add to that? I, I don't know because it's been such a long time since I listened to them. Mm. Oh, interesting. It is. But they were a huge band of this decade. Oh, I agree. I totally agree with you. Um... I'll have to pull some of the stats. I remember them just being gangbuster crazy. Yeah. Right, so uh, Snow Patrol Final Straw is the next episode. Uh, Britpop Banter on Facebook and Twitter or just email us. Please take into note, we're not. We're trying to pull back from social media a bit. It's not going well so far for me. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. And uh, let's good luck tonight. I'm just going to need more luck, Kev. <laughs> completely new squad. <laughs> All Rangers players. Yeah. Maybe we'll just give you our uh, subs. Yeah, okay. Yeah? Like, I don't know. I sometimes <laughs> think United... To be honest, United have a far better record against Rangers than they do Celtic. They do. I'm actually a bit nervous about this game. Because we do. And this is the first time in a while, so we're just going to come out fighting. Because we hate you. You do. There's no crowd, obviously. And so it doesn't matter where you're playing these days. There's no crowd. No. It's just a game of football. Um, and we've had a really good start to the season. I reckon you guys could mess it up. I hope not, because you'll be really annoying about I'll it. I'll be so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in my house. I know. That's the even better. The worst. All right, let's get out of here. We've got some uh, nice vegan dinner to be had. Yeah, I'm going to Nice. All right, see you. Bye. Bye.
Superstar, but 